For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This week's By the Numbers with co-host Dan Reese. Dan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh... Pretty crazy. Just another crazy week of uh, 2021 Ravens, huh? Yeah, three straight losses, every game a nail-biter. It's This is a really weird season. I guess, you know, it's better than 2015 in a sense because the Ravens were losing all through 2015. They were losing these close games, and they weren't as good a team. Uh, uh, this team is winning a lot of close games, and they're now they're losing some. And uh, just it's, the injuries and the COVID, though, it, it really piles up on you. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think they had. Uh, I, I was happily surprised with the result of um, uh, of the game. I, I really thought they played admirably. I, um, you know, I, I didn't expect much. They were outmanned for sure going into it. Uh, it would have been a tough one, fully, um, you know, with a full team, and mm-hmm. uh, and I thought they they played really well. Um, and it was uh, unfortunate. To end as it did, but uh, it was a lot more fun to see it close than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll start. Uh, we'll start with the number five. That's the number of games decided by two or fewer points this season. The all-time NFL record for a season is six, which has occurred only four times, the last by the Jets in 2001. The 1997 Ravens were one of the four other teams, one of the four teams with six such games. They went 2-3-1 and one in those games, a memorable 10-10 tie. I, I, I laugh, but they did have nine sacks or seven sacks in that game. Nine sacks, seven sacks, a <laughs> bunch of sacks that tied the team record for sacks for, for a while. I think it was nine, actually, um, in a 10-10 tie with the Eagles. Uh, the 2021 Ravens were one of only 18 teams with five such games. So it was a, a fair number with, with uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of close games. This is still remarkable that they've played so many. The advent of the two-point conversion probably has increased the probability of such games because you end up with either falling short by two, a, a fair amount, 
uh, or winning by one if teams decide to go for it. So I think it's more more likely you you get more of those games. Uh, the Ravens are the first team in NFL history. A lot of people may realize this, and I've seen tweets about it this week, uh, to go for the two-point conversion twice in the quarter four down one in the same season. Not yep. miss it, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty remarkable. You know, this uh, the Ravens, I feel like, have always been testing my blood pressure, but uh, this season has kind of brought it to a new level of uh, stressful games. And, you know, not only that, they also squeezed in between those two-point conversion games a, uh, a game with an onside kick and, you know, went down to the fourth down. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. So just uh, it, a, a, a crazy season by a lot of accounts, I think, for sure. So, all right. Uh, kind of speaking about uh, the two-point conversions, my numbers are 10.5%. 9.3% and 36%. So most people are talking about the final decision of going for two-point conversion, but a lot of uh, analytics-heavy sports analysts are focusing mm-hmm. on um, uh, on earlier in the game, the decision when they were down eight points. So after they scored um, the second-to-last touchdown and uh, were down eight. Um, per Seth Walder of ESPN, the ESPN... Uh, win probability model had a 10.5% win probability if they went for two points there down eight versus 9.3% if they kicked the extra point. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on those numbers, they would have only needed a 36% chance of conversion to justify going for two. I Basically, the idea of it is that you go for down eight, you go for two, um, and then if you make it and you score a touchdown, uh, the second touchdown, you just have to kick the extra point to win. And if you fail, then you can try going for two the second time and go for the tie. So, um, you know, it kind of gives you two opportunities there. Yeah. It's, it's the first thing I look for on an, on a two point conversion chart. They're always expressed in terms of break even probability. And if that minus eight doesn't say approximately 38%, the chart has lost a lot of validity to me. You mentioned 36%. The, the reason that number is lower now is the extra distance on the kick to extra points has reduced that percentage some. So it's, it's actually more favorable to go for two. Uh, now than it used to be. But that was definitely the key point. And Harbaugh kind of got himself in no man's land in this game because the last one, I think, had uh, probably a, you know, maybe a 45% break-even point for my... I liked it. I didn't love it as much as I loved it against the Steelers. But the uh, the first one, you know, needing only 36 to 38% chance maybe to, to, to make it in that range anyway, um, you know, was it was the more obvious decision to do it. And he kind of is almost like he was hypocritical in his choices mm-hmm. by going for it the second time, but not the first. So it uh, didn't stay true to analytics all the way through. All right, I'll move on. Uh, let's go with zero. That is the number of snaps of coverage from Tyus Bowser in this game. And he's typically close to 50%, maybe not quite in the 40s most games. Um, he's the Ravens' best coverage linebacker, but also one of their best pass rushers, obviously. He, he, he led the team in pressure events in this game. Martindale wanted to protect 
the depleted secondary. So he had only a handful of drops in the line of scrimmage uh, that were not Levine or Board dropping from double A because obviously they do that from time to time. Uh, but he brought five plus on just six of 34 pass plays. That's 18 percent. If, if you've been following my how often they rush five plus, that's incredibly low for the Baltimore Ravens. They're usually in the 30s or 40s uh, in most, ga- most games. So be at 18 percent is, is ridiculously low. Um, Rogers really feasted on those cornerbacks and particularly Seymour and Jackson, as well as Levine uh, when he was covering a tight end or, or a big wide receiver in the slot. And uh, the lack of Tyus Bowser really seemed to hurt them. The inside linebackers are, you know, aren't good coverage players anyway. Uh, Bynes is probably the best of them. Uh, having Bowser back there probably would have helped in terms of a lot of the recognition and, and some of the things he can do for you in coverage. He's certainly the Ravens best coverage linebacker. Yeah, they definitely, uh, you know, were forced to kind of play things vanilla with all the Mm -hmm. um, young guys uh, that were out there. And, you know, even, uh, you know, even worse with they were young, but they also had very limited practice uh, time. So I had to keep it pretty vanilla. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward um, if, you know, we don't get uh, the cornerbacks back um, Mm -hmm. uh, for this next week. So to see if they're able to uh, spice it up a little bit. So uh, you talked about um, how they picked on um, on the cornerbacks. That leads into my next numbers. Let's see. Where is it? Um, next number is 10.4 from next gen stats. That's the EPA gained on eight outbreaking routes to the left uh, for the Packers. Uh, he was eight for eight for 82 yards and two touchdowns on these routes. Uh, they averaged 4.8 yards of separation on, on, on these routes. Um, Averett almost exclusively plays left cornerback, which is the right side for the offense. So it was basically everyone else. So he was, they were just picking on the other side away from Averett. And, uh, you know, that's where the young guys were. And, uh, you know, that makes sense that Rogers would do it and, um, you know, makes sense that he had success. So Tavon left pretty early, but he got beat on a vertical on that side as well, pretty badly. And, uh, overthrown by Rodgers early in the game. So it was a big, you know, frankly, big gift. This game, by the way, could have been a lot worse than it was had the Packers hit on some fairly open passes yep, uh, during this game. Uh, you know, he, he also had some good snatch grabs right at the edge of the uh, uh, catch radius, too. But, but I, you know, it's definitely a game where, where uh, Rodgers could have been better than he was, even though his rating was awfully good. Uh it's just it obviously lots of things not to like about this game, but, but Harbaugh specifically mentioned leverage being an issue, and a lot of those where they had, particularly on the left side, Devonte Adams, they were trying to give help over the top, and the young cornerbacks weren't always getting it in terms of uh, where to be relative to their uh, uh, their big opponent. Yeah, they talked about that uh, quite a bit on the. Um... Uh, on the telecast about, you know, they were shading on the inside or outside. Um, And, you know, he's a fantastic wide receiver. So you got to give him quite a bit of credit that, uh, you know, he was able to beat them and they were, you know, young guys with limited experience. And, you know, they gave it a good shot. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a really good game plan by Martindale, by the way, it's, it's something that you adjust to the strengths of your players, obviously. And, and when you've got that kind of weakness, sometimes the best way is just to face it head on by putting your weak cornerback on that side against their top receiver, but then always giving them the Randy Moss treatment of having a, a safety over the top. The Ravens have not done that in recent years. I think the last time they've really 
put that on for a whole game might be back in that 2009 AFC wildcard game against Randy Moss. So I, I, I remember it there. It worked very well in that game. Uh, yeah, they obviously had a bunch of interceptions in that first quarter and a bunch of turnovers in the game in general. And, and they, I think they held Moss to three catches in that game, if I recall correctly. So uh, rare to see. And I think a, a good coaching move by Martindale. All right, I'll move on. Uh, 10.5 and 2.9. 10.5 yards per target for Mark Andrews, 2.9 yards per target for all other receivers combined. Great and absolutely awful. Um, one of the things that Huntley was doing in this game was avoiding by pressure by getting rid of the ball quickly. But a lot of that came at the cost of downfield opportunities. It really took Bateman out of the game. Uh, there was something else that took Bateman out of the game was that he was rolling right a lot and Bateman was on the left. And so that naturally with half field reads is going to cut Bateman out of a lot of routes unless he's breaking sharply across the field and trailing the play. Uh, Brown had 14 targets for 43 yards of this game. Wasn't he? He had 10 catches. He's only 4.3 yards per reception, which is unbelievably horrible. And, uh, you know, I would just describe his read progression, Huntley's read progression, obviously, as going from Andrews to short to deep uh, because he was really trying to get rid of the football quickly. And Andrews had the only real good receiving opportunities in this game. Yeah. And, you know, um, Andrews played amazing, I thought. Uh, he was definitely fed and he kind of, um, you know, built off of that, which we'll, I'll talk about more in a second. Uh, I thought Huntley... Um, you know, I thought it was pretty decent. He kind of took what he was given. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that they allowed him the shorter passes like that um, mm -hmm. and, and they just didn't adjust to it on defense because uh, they kind of just were able to just chip away uh, and, and keep moving the ball decently. Do you think they were they maybe were saying, particularly on the on the the touchdown that brought them within one touchdown? Mm -hmm. Do you think they were maybe saying we don't think you can sustain a drive all the way down the field? And then when the Ravens started taking a lot of time and we're not moving with alacrity, you know, the drive took, what, five minutes? And that shouldn't happen, I don't think, with nine minutes left in the game. They should have been playing a little faster, no huddle. Thing. I think they might have been saying, you know, hey, we don't believe you you can do this all the way down the field. We believe you're going to make a mistake at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe they were just letting them, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams have been doing that, you know, um, uh, playing, you know, they've been doing that sort of thing against the Chiefs and, and a number of other mm -hmm. teams where uh, they'll, they just don't want to give up the big play and they'll just wait and wait and wait and hope you make a mistake. So, yeah, that, that could be it for sure. So, um, talking about Andrews, I've got two numbers here, 16.3 and 12.7. Uh, again, from Next Gen Stats, Mark Andrews generated 16.3 EPA, so expected points added, on his Jeez. 13 targets. Uh, he was 10 for 13 uh, for 136 yards and two touchdowns. So 16.3 expected points added. That's just insane. Incredible um, from a receiver of any sort. Yeah, it was. it's the most EPA by a tight end in the next-gen stats era, so set, that's since 2016. So out of any tight end ever so it just shows how remarkable that is um you know just a combination of uh big leverage plays touchdowns you know extra yards getting first downs just he was the go-to guy no matter what um 12.7 of those um epa were on crossers or slants six of seven on those for 100 yards so i'm mm -hmm. um, just right over the middle um and just uh you know kind of a danger zone and um you know he just played uh you know 
used his size and, and really played uh, pretty phenomenally, I thought. Yeah, I, I, it's a great comment you just made about used his size because I thought that's been one of the big things we've seen from Andrews in improving his catch rate is he's become a better box-out player this year, a guy who can definitely use his body well to shield the ball. We see him often tipping the ball to himself, but one of the reasons he's able to do that is because the the, the defender cannot get through his body mm-hmm. to do that. And he's, he's just he's been fairly adept at that. It hasn't worked every time, but he's, but you know, put the ball out front of Mark Andrews. You got a good, good chance for it to work out. Absolutely. All right. So let's do this. Let's look ahead of the Bengals game and do 2.76 and 3.18. Those are the interception rates for the Ravens and the Bengals respectively 22nd and 29th in the entire NFL in terms of interception rate. On the surface, that seems good because the Ravens have a lower interception rate. However, the Ravens have had just one interception defensively in their last seven games, while the Bengals have had six over that same period. So if we're looking at both the pitcher's card and the batter's card of the Stratomatic game, we uh, we don't have as good a situation. Uh, lots of reasons to believe they are not the better team than Cincinnati, but they need to avoid losing the turnover battle in this one. I think even more than the broadcasters will normally say. There used to be used to be broadcasters when I was you know twenty years ago, twenty five years ago that would say, you know, this game is probably going to come down to turnovers, and they do it every week. Yeah. And, and well, what you really mean is the team that gets ahead and forces the other team to make chances, and then you know gives up to give up the ball will likely win. Well, duh. Yeah. yeah so, anyway. Yeah, you know, I th- I think um, it, it really is going to really. Um, you know, going to come down to mistakes um, and, and uh, limiting the, the the big mistakes. Um, and if if the defense can force them, that'd be fantastic. Um, you know, I uh, the the big the big turnovers haven't been been there this year. So you know, ho- hopefully they can come and uh, and kind of save the day at the end of the end of the season here. But um, you know, they haven't quite quite been here. So maybe our luck will change um, going going into these final three weeks. So. Uh, some other uh, other stats that'll show in in the Cincinnati game: nine point eight percent and eleven point three percent. These are the percentage of drop back plays gaining over twenty yards. Uh, so not just passes, scrambles, everything. So anything that's intended to be a pass play. Nine point eight percent for Cincinnati offense. So nine point eight percent of the Dropback plays result in at least 20 yards gained mm-hmm. uh, for Cincinnati offense, which is the seventh highest. Um, 11.3 is the percent of dropback plays uh, allowed for 20, 20 or more yards for the Baltimore defense. That's Ooh. the second highest. So, what's the league average of of 20 yard plays per pass? I, I'm not sure. Um, okay, I, I'd have to look that up, but. Um, you know, this is it, another one of those stats, though, where you'd expect the Baltimore rate would not be better than what it's been for the whole season. It would probably be worse because Cincinnati is an above average 20 plus yard team. Well, exactly. Yep. And in, in week seven against Cincinnati, 21.1 percent of the dropbacks were over 20 yards. That's that was the sixth highest percent of any game all season. So that's exactly what you're talking about there, where you've got some uh Defense giving up huge plays and offense hitting huge plays. So it's not a good combo. Well, I think it's I think it's fortunate then that the Ravens have replaced their entire secondary since that game and are now ready to, to start anew. 
exactly. Humphreys can't, can't <laughs> and uh, Humphrey can't let it, any big uh, big plays up. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> but it's going to be tested because Green Bay was was um, was six highest, and then now we've got Cincinnati the seventh highest, and then the Rams is is the highest in the NFL. So got a got a lot of challenges for our uh, secondary coming up. All right. It may come down to the coaches here. And let's let's hope it does come down to the coaches, frankly, uh, with what we got. Going to go with uh, 51.2%. That's the percentage chance the Ravens have to make the playoffs per the Football Outsiders playoff odds. So Cincinnati's at 51.8%. Baltimore at 51.2%. Um, both of these teams need this ball game like nobody's business. It is a still, I think a three point, I haven't checked in the last hour or so, but I think it's still about a three point spread for this game. Uh, it, it's enormous leverage. Uh, I'm sure on this game, maybe you have some numbers on that. I'm not sure. Um, but football outsiders um, often adjusts their weighted DeVoa, which they use for the model to determine this playoff thing. They often adjust it for who's left. And in terms of the team, they didn't make any adjustment for the Ravens. There's no mention of a, hey, uh, without Lamar Jackson, you know, in 80% of simulations in week 15 and, you know, 40% the last two weeks, you know, we've reduced Baltimore's chance to win. They, they basically are using uh, the full season stats. And unfortunately, I think the, the reason is that Huntley and Lamar probably don't have tremendously different DeVoa for the year, which is uh, not a good thing, <laughs> needless to say. Yeah, I think um, I think I saw some stats by – by those guys that said the playoff odds, if the Ravens win, jump to 80% uh, and down to 24% if the Bengals win. And then on the flip side of it, the, if the Bengals win, uh, their playoff odds jump to 75 and down to 28. So uh, at least a 50 point, 50% is swing on the it's incredible. Uh, win or loss. So it's remarkable on both sides for sure. Um, all right. Um Let's see. So my last stats are 256, 72, 66, and 6. So there are eight games left in the season for AFC North teams. Uh, three this week, three the next week, and two the, the final week, which means there are 256 possible permutations of, of results of those eight games. Uh, ignoring ties. I'm not talking ties. Mm-hmm. Um, 72 of those results uh, would could res- would result in uh, the Ravens winning the AFC North. So 72 out of 256, a little bit over 25% of them. Um, 66 out of those 72 uh, re- situations where Baltimore is winning rely on them winning in Cincinnati this week. Mm-hmm. Only six out of those 72 scenarios uh, can occur if they lose. So there are very, very few scenarios where they lose to Cincinnati this week and can still pull off the AFC uh, North uh, title. So uh, if they want to have the division, they need to win this game. And like we talked about before, it's going to be pretty crucial, even just in general playoffs as well. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine. They, they, they could back into the playoffs at nine of eight. I know mathematically, I think it's very unlikely 10 and seven with their set of head to head tiebreakers is probably going to put them in good shape to, to make it. There are scenarios where they even get hosed on that at 10 and seven. But, uh, but I think there's a pretty good chance they're in at 10 and seven uh, somehow. So even if they lose this game, if they win the remaining two, that's probably about the 24 uh, percent they, they could mm-hmm. probably be in. 
Yep, but uh, not easy after this week either. So uh, let's just get it done and get a win this week. <laughs> there you go. How about we agree on that one to, yep. to, to end the episode? Dan, always a pleasure doing this uh, show with you. Tell folks where they can find your work. Yeah, you can reach out on Twitter at DP Reese and then the number eight. I'm um, going to be you know, talking about the different playoff scenarios as we get through uh, get through this week and keep going. So I'll, uh, I'll definitely be posting information about that. All right. And if you want to do a 25 years pod, because, hey, who wouldn't rather look back at the last 25 years of Ravens history than the current year right now? <laughs> in some ways, send me a quick uh, note, narrow topic we can cover deep in about 20 to 25 minutes. Love to hear from you. Dan, uh, always a pleasure doing the show with you. Yeah, great time. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.